Hello and welcome to another edition of Back of the Grid. I'm your host, Stu, and I'm joined as always by Tom. Hello. And by Chris. Hello. By some miracle, we're joined by Chris. I don't know how <laughs> it happened, but yeah, we've had, we've had a few issues getting into this episode, but they're all solved now and we're ready to go. So Hopefully thank you for everyone in the, thank you to everyone in the Discord for sticking with us while we're sorting <laughs> that out. We are now having an episode of Back of the Grid. So let's get into it. Um qualifying experiment is the first thing we've got on the list today. Um thoughts, guys. What what where are we at? What are we thinking? It it wasn't as bad as I maybe expected it to be, but I also don't feel like it added anything like the th- it, it was a fantastic qualifying session which is the theme this year but my overwhelming feeling coming out of it was by the time we got to q3 it was kind of normal service everyone just out there on the soft tires which is generally what normally happens in q3 and q3 was fantastic yeah. so if that was still great when it was kind of normal what did the tire thing bring to the table i don't really think yeah. it added anything i think one thing that i noticed that it detracted was that had it not been wet on friday there would have probably been considerably less running it sounded like a lot of the teams were planning on not going out as much as they normally would have because of having to reserve different allocations for qualifying because of the different format so they were they were having to use a tire in qualifying that they would have normally used for a practice session um and therefore didn't want to use it and have been able to use the intermediates and so on meant that that actually got them out on track to do some running because there were a lot of comments up and down the paddock that I heard of, um, we're kind of glad that it rained because the fans would have been sat watching nothing, basically. Yeah. And that that was the concerns from the teams in the paddock, not with the actual format itself, but the fact that the tyre allocation didn't seem to have been taken into consideration alongside the changes yeah so so f- basically what we're saying is it was an excellent qualifying session despite the new time rules <laughs> basically so that's yeah good. i mean it's not really the, the these rules aren't necessarily designed to make qualifying better or worse they're designed to save tires i think so that's that's kind of the, the objective in terms of qualifying has been fulfilled there we still have a good qualifying yeah. session and they did it using less tires but i think yeah you're tom you're right about i i heard the same things about the issues saying Essentially, that they don't want to wait. The, the tires that they would normally use in that, you know, in that session were essentially not available. So yeah. they had to yeah. save the tires so they'd have fresh tires for qualifying. And um, yeah, they were, we were lucky that it rained, I guess. But even then, there wasn't a crazy amount of running. I don't think. No, like a, a friend of mine who's kind of a less less nerdy in depth F one fan than we are said to me, "Well, if they're gonna." be that specific about the tyres I can use to qualify in. Why not just make it soft for every session? And obviously the reason for that is they don't just throw those tyres away after qualifying. They need to use some of them during the race. But you can see why, from the more casual fans' point of view, it just seems yeah. odd. Like, <clears throat> to... I mean, yeah. one, one of the things that it did have a positive effect on, I think, was a team like Alfa Romeo... So Alfa Romeo, being where they were on the hard tyre in Q1, probably wouldn't have ended up qualifying where they did overall were it not for that rule because they seem to be the one team that could truly switch that on 
and get instant pace out of it. Um, and I think they were sort of, I guess, the biggest gainers of the forced tyre. So it did mix things up a little bit, but I think that the way qualifying's been of late, we still sort of see that ebb and flow at different tracks anyway, even without the the confines of you must use this tyre in this session. So yeah. it, it, it didn't necessarily add to anything, I don't think, but it didn't detract during qualifying. It just detracted in other sessions, which overall means it's not the best idea to change it permanently. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I guess it begs the question, what would happen if they did this, if they tried this during a sprint weekend? Right, because <laughs> then there wouldn't be enough tires to run the sprint race because then yeah. there are set too many sessions going on. <laughs> like, and they already have less tires on the sprint weekends, which yeah. in itself is slightly That's, bizarre. But I, that is straight. What they have less? T- wait, what? They have less tires on a sprint because there's only one practice session, isn't there? Yeah, there's only the Friday practice, so they have less total tires. Yeah, yeah Friday practice, isn't it? Okay, yeah. I suppose morning. that makes sense because they're going to use less hard tires yeah. to do longer on it, less of the yes. harder compound tires. It's just longer. another way that they're messing with the one bit of the weekend that no one has any complaints about for the most part. Like qualifying yeah. is consistently fantastic. Leave it alone. Just don't yeah. mess with it. Again, it's it's just it's posturing, isn't it? It's it's, it's yeah. making changes so that they can say they're adapting, that they're trying different things. When actually, all they seem to be doing is changing the things that no no yeah. one seems and to want them to change. I also think that if if they look at it as well, Max wasn't on pole or a Red Bull wasn't on pole this weekend, um, so it must have worked. They are drawing completely the wrong conclusions because that Merc was fast <laughs> all the way through Saturday and it was always looking a threat on Saturday. So it wouldn't have mattered what order they'd use the tyres. He would have still been in with that shot of that pole position for, for Lewis. Like, so to, detra- to to sort of say, well, that must be to do with the format, I think is a poor conclusion to draw so i hope i hope that no one at formula one yeah. draws that conclusion and it's not like max has been smashing pole by a second every race anyway like it's been yeah, it's really been close. close all season so yeah. this was on the cards regardless yeah yeah i mean we've had multiple qualifying sessions that have had like the top 10 separated by like under a second haven't we now yeah um, so if, it's inevitable that the other teams, as they upgrade, are going to to make that gap even even closer at the top. And what was it? it was eighth, eight hundredths for Lando in third? Was it? I think so. He was like in touch yeah, distance so. of them as well. So, yeah, there was three cars. Like the top three were really, really close together. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah. So in conclusion, um, qualifying was good despite the. The tire rolls. Yeah, pretty much. Essentially. <laughs> cool. Okay, shall we talk about the race? Yeah. Let's. Um, let's. Should we start with Red Bull? We always do. <laughs> yeah, we always do. I mean, yeah, it's the they order put of themselves in a it? position to be talked about first. Let's let's reel off all the statistics. Go on. Yeah, Chris, why don't you take us through these stats? It is a stat fest. Um, so as we know, it was the record-breaking 12th consecutive victory for Red Bull, which breaks McLaren's record that stood since 1988. Also ties McLaren's other 1988 record, which is winning the first 11 races of a season. Um, I believe, Insane. yeah, it was 
the 12th race of the season was the only one McLaren lost that season. So that's another one Red Bull will take outright next race, presumably. Um, Verstappen's seventh victory in a row. He's only the fifth driver to do that. Um, interestingly, Lewis Hamilton is not on that list of five drivers. You would assume he'd be a shoo-in for that, but Hamilton mm. has never actually won seven in a row. Goes to the show quality has. of his teammates. Yeah. I, well, yeah. That was the other that was the other bit that interested me, actually. Yeah, yeah, because Rosberg is on the list, but Hamilton is not. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, I think Vettel's one of them, Schumacher, and then it goes back to like Ascaria, maybe Fanjo or someone of the others, I think. Yeah. Um Max won by 33.7 seconds, which is the biggest winning margin since Hamilton won the Russian Grand Prix in 2021. So, so much for the other teams catching up. Um, 250th podium for Red Bull. Basically, not getting pole position is the only thing that didn't go fantastically for Red Bull this weekend. And even then, it was ridiculously close. By about a quarter of an inch, yeah. Um, Yeah. For Verstappen. Yeah. Not necessarily Um, for Perez. Perry's got through his Q3 at least. He's kind of broken that uh, that streak. Um, only made ninth on the grid. Pretty solid drive from Perez though to get back to the podium. Yeah. Um, yep. I mean, I'd expect it with the car. This is what we've been saying. It's what though, he isn't should it? be like, doing, yeah. He needs to be qualifying better because he should be out front with Max. But Well, yeah. You say, it, you know, yeah, solid drive, driver of the day, all that. I mean, that, that should have been an easy one too for Red Bull. Let's be honest. Yeah, is is fixing your mistake from qualifying driver of the day material? Yeah, no, exactly. I don't well, think, I can tell you right now, he's not going to be my driver. Of the other I can day guarantee the same. Yeah, we'll we'll get, we'll get to that in a little while, gentlemen. <laughs> You're getting ahead of yourselves. <laughs> um, yeah. Any more Red Bull? Or should we move on? You, you know, I keep saying it. You run out of superlatives. I, yeah. I said last week, like my hope is now that Red Bull be that. Verstappen or Perez I hope that I kind of do hope they win every race just so it can, <laughs> it's kind of like that's the challenge now isn't it yeah. yeah that's the that's how I'm reconciling their dominance this year I mean, that's how that's the thing that's going to keep me tuning into Formula One I think like yeah you know knowing um, that there's a possibility that this team might do the unthinkable and win every single race yeah chatting discord over the weekend I would say this race was probably pretty high on the list of potential ones they could not win yeah. and they dominated it yeah i'd say probably singapore is maybe the next most likely for them to lose that'll be fine they'll be the, the <laughs> one, one of those that thing has got they'll be absolutely fine in singapore they've got nothing to worry the rest yeah. of the season they've got nothing to worry they were quick they've been quick everywhere they'll they'll be quick everywhere else as well now yeah. but the, the, there's been such a variation of circuits up to this point finally that I just can't see a world where they they'd have to have some sort of double mechanical failure, yeah. Or, or yeah. for there's, it's possible that if Verstappen has some kind of mechanical failure, then they yeah, then they won't win races. I don't think Perez is capable of being in second for the the rest of the season across it. I just don't think he's qualifying well enough. But all you know. All things being normal, without any sort of wild circumstances or or, or or failures, then I think they're absolutely going to win every single race. I can't see I can't see them. They just look completely unbeatable, don't they? They're untouchable. They're ab- the race pace is just insane. I, I, he he can Verstappen can pull 
an extra two seconds out of a lap during a race like yeah. it's nothing. That fastest lap yeah. he did was mind blowing. Yeah, just make, making it look easy. Absolutely yeah. making it look easy, and it's yeah. it's really not, is it? Uh, let's <laughs> move on to McLaren. Yeah, I very confidently last week said that um, Aston Martin would definitely be back ahead of McLaren this race because it's a <laughs> completely different circuit to Silverstone where McLaren were fast, and boy, did they prove me wrong. I mean, what, second, third, at worst fastest team, I would say, over the whole weekend for McLaren? Mm-hmm. Um, at, I mean, you couldn't think of two different circuits to Hungaroring and Silverstone, but man, they have done the business with the upgrades. I saw an interesting comment from Lando on this, which is he thinks that, yes, they were better than like they anticipated to be here, but... He thinks that people were kind of writing them off here for maybe the wrong reasons because he made quite a good point of stuff that's truly like low speed. He thinks that they'll be pegged back, but a lot of the Hungaroring is actually closer to medium speed than it is to low speed. Yeah, yeah that's fair. and and the bits where it is truly low speed, like those uh, big hairpins at the end of the at the end of the lap and so on that's where they were getting, you know, reeled in a little bit. Like it was, from what I remember, it was kind of the middle really flowing stuff that that is still quite fast and medium speed that Lando was absolutely demolishing. Like he was purple sector two for most of the quality sessions. Um, So I think, I, I think there's definitely an element of that, that there's enough, there was enough medium speed here. And it's obviously a shorter lap as well that it, kind of compensated for the weakness in the slow speed. I think Spa, they'll probably do quite well because it's it's fast, it's flowing. You know, it's high and medium speed stuff. There's not much slow speed there. So I think you're going to be waiting until it's something kind of very, very low speed cornering that it'll be the first time that I think that they'll get reeled in a little bit and probably won't oh, be yeah. the second or third fastest team. Singapore then. That's what we're waiting for. For McLaren. I think McLaren could probably a little bit of Singapore. Yeah, probably. Yeah, well. probably. That'll be the first occasion, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was the kind of drive we've got used to from Norris in this kind of position. Um, like when when he needed to, he switched on the pace so well. Um, kept. I mean, there was a point where Perez was just reeling him in, but he just kind of managed the pace and the tires enough to hold on um, at the end. There. It was a very good drive. Really, yeah. really good drive. Um, a good first half of a drive from Piastri. Um, he sort of snuck his way into second at the start, <laughs> which was really good. Um, and his pace in the opening stint was really good. Um, then I guess we'll come to it in a second. He obviously lost second in the first pit stop and he kind of, he didn't really have the pace to keep up with Norris after that. He faded a little bit in the latter stages, I thought, um, ended up behind Perez and Hamilton. There is some like controversy kicking up about McLaren's decision to pit Norris first there, which obviously allowed him to undercut. Um, th- it's it was covering off the the driver Norris was fighting though. I think is yeah. the way that you've got to look at it. Like, yes, there is generally a there's a perception in Formula One that lead driver pits first, but that's usually when you're not under pressure from somebody chasing. You're not yeah. at the behest of what the teams around you are doing and you've got your own freedom of choice very different scenario to the one that they were in and for them keeping the cars two three was important and exactly. the way to do that was to cover off with lando and then pit oscar i think just beyond that like on a base level 
Like I don't think McLaren are at a stage in their season where they're deciding that they're going to favour. No. Yeah, to keep I drive. agree. I think Not that's all. just madness. I think Why would you, you also think? you also have to look at the two out the two laps that Lando did after his stop. Oh yeah, they were absolutely mega in clean like, air. Yeah, absolutely mega. So he's yes, the undercut was pretty powerful, and but the lap that he put in on those fresh tyres, he did two fastest laps consecutively. Now, I know we were quite early in the race, but it was pure purple for two laps solid. So, like, he put in the laps to earn that undercut working as well as the fact that it was a little bit more powerful than an overcut or, you know, a simultaneous pit. Yeah, absolutely. That message from Hamilton after his pit stop when he's like, how is he nine seconds over the road? Like, it was... I don't know um, if you guys watched it on Sky or F1 TV, but the F1 commentators were like, "How how is he that far up the road? Like, what yeah. has happened?" Yeah. It was. I was the sat, I was sat looking at the timing board, thinking, "Has, has something gone wrong?" Has this yeah, like it's almost like a slow stop, and we all missed it. Or something. Yeah, yeah, like and as well, like you do think that you think, "Oh, maybe the commentary and the cameras have missed something. Maybe there was a slow stop." Yeah, but no, it was a normal stop that Hamilton had. I think maybe a little bit tardy but not not a, not what you call a slow stop um i guess there's a bit of hamilton like taking a bit longer to get his tires going maybe but yeah, yeah. those two laps from 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 norris were just absolutely electrifying like the best out laps yeah yeah um speaking of hamilton and mercedes it's been a long time since we've said this. We used to say every race, but Hamilton has set another record this race as well. Oh, has he? Um, he's the first driver to get nine pole positions at a single circuit. Nice. This is his most successful qualifying circuit on the calendar. Um, he had a pretty ropey start and, as we say, lost all that time around pit stops. Like The Mercedes on the hard tire didn't look happy, did it, at all? No. I, mean, I guess that's why really? Russell ended up out in Q1 as well. Like They yeah. just... Well, well, Russell ran it for a short period of time as well, didn't he? The hard time, yeah. yeah. Moved on to the soft. I think qualifying for them was a bit of a nightmare just due to track positioning as well. Russell got swallowed up by everyone saying, "I'm not getting stuck behind you, mate." While you try to make yourself a gap, he got overtaken by about four or five people, and yeah, yeah, it was one of those. But yeah, I don't think the Merc was particularly brilliant on the hard tire. Full stop, was it? Um, just being caught up in that didn't help him. What was he in the yeah. end? Was he something like 17th, 18th? 18th he started. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Recovered to um, safe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, like good recovery drive from Russell for sure. On, on paper, first to fourth doesn't look great for Hamilton, but I think with the car who's driving and the way it is on the tyres, still a pretty good result for Mercedes, I think, there. Not where they want to be, but... Yeah, I think probably about right. I think if you were to go into, you know, if he'd come up in predictions league as like the driver to predict, I probably would have put him around about fourth. Yeah, yeah. I think so. So it's about right, yeah. Um, and importantly, Mercedes both finished ahead of the Ferraris and Aston Martins, who <laughs> both had a pretty poor time of it. Yep. Let's do Ferrari. Um so qualifying Leclerc only made sixth, signs out in Q2, which is after all the talk that they had a bad race in Silverstone, but that track doesn't suit them. This is going to uh, suit them better. So I guess the first thing to talk about, signs started on softs to try to help make up for the poor qualifying position, which he did a very good job of. Yeah. Very quickly found himself behind Leclerc, at which point the team 
did nothing. Just sat yeah. and watched him chew up his soft tires and not go as fast as he could be behind his teammate. Like, yeah, ridiculous. It's just, just yeah. rubbish. Like, the, it's such a anyone can see that that he needed to let him through for Ferrari to have yeah. a better result. Like, it made sense. He was on the better tire. He was going faster. He was just ruining his teammate's strategy. Like, let the guy through. Um, obviously, it's not up to Leclerc. Leclerc needs to get the order. He's never going to let him by unless no, he gets the not. order from Ferrari. But um, yeah, just I, I was really, really puzzled by why they didn't do that. It just they're cutting their nose off to spite their own face. It feels yeah. like sometimes Ferrari. Do, do you happen to have your pit stop charts for this, Chris? I know you sometimes do have them. Um, but... What is it you want to know? Well, I'm pretty sure this is obviously going just purely off memory. I'm pretty sure that. Signs ended up not being able to do many more laps than. Sorry, no, I, I'm pretty sure that Leclerc ended up pitting on the mediums not that long after Signs did on the you softs. You are correct. Anyway, Signs did 15 laps on the softs. Leclerc did 17 on the mediums. Yeah. So, so... like, <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't get it. Like, it was just a pure compromise of. It's like could have been Sainz a had to suffer Sainz. for the fact that Leclerc was chewing through his mediums faster yeah. than they wanted to. Like, very I think odd. It's um, very clear that it's that that for whatever reason, for for reasons I don't understand. It, even though Carlos Sainz is faster at the moment, clearly faster than Charles Leclerc, Ferrari still, you know, Charles Leclerc is still Ferrari's number one driver, and they've got mm. a very clear setup that. They do see Leclerc as their number one driver. Which, obvious. in the position they're in, like, why? Yeah, there, there must no... there must be some something crazy in his contract or something that that says that they'll never make him give up a, a position for his teammate or some. There has to be some reason. It's, it's just because it's Ferrari. It's, uh, there's nothing to it other than it's Ferrari. That's just like, how they've always operated, and it's how they always will. Unfortunately. Well, Two races in a row now, McLaren have taken a big old chunk out of the gap. Like McLaren could catch Ferrari in the yeah. constructors the way things are going. Easily, like, yeah, easily maximizing um, points and they're just not doing it. I think I think the thing with Ferrari has always been the same of no matter what the scenario is, even if both drivers are doing well, they will happily compromise the second driver in quote marks for the other driver. I mean you saw it with like Massa when he was pegged alongside Alonso. You saw it with Barrichello so many times when he was with Schumacher. Mm-hmm. Like you, you've, you can go further back, but like you see it throughout the history of but, of the team. But when you're in a championship fight, having a number a clear number one driver wins championships. True. Like it or not, it wins championships. That is not where Ferrari are right now. Yeah. At all, so there's there's just it feels like there's no impetus at Ferrari. They don't yeah. seem to even want to win races. Right, I mean, now. all they're doing is upsetting their drivers. Did right. you, yeah. All they do is upset their drivers and yeah, and cost themselves track position and track time, you know, and fast laps and and ultimately race results. That's what they're doing That's mm. continuously. I mean, it's mental. Annoyingly, this 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 sort of small era of Ferrari is becoming eerily reminiscent of the Vettel Raikkonen era which is 
there, there's some in, initial potential that seems to just fall away into nothing, and then it just becomes about well, we've got to prioritise this driver because they're the lead driver. Just because. So no, so no matter what position the other driver's in, they're essentially compromised yeah. because you saw it so many times where Raikkonen was in a position to potentially win a race or at least secure a good podium, but that got compromised for the sake of Vettel's race. And you sort of, I feel like you're starting to see that kind of unfold at the minute between yeah. Leclerc and Science. That no matter how Arbit- well Science is doing, they will compromise that for Leclerc's result. It's arbitrary, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's and, and arbitrarily yeah. costing themselves. Yeah, results. when you're not even challenging for a podium spot, and you're finishing, what was it, seventh and eighth anyway? Why would it matter if you're seventh and eighth one way or seventh and eighth the other way? At least you'd have given Science a shot at being somewhere better than that. Yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. Leclerc was never going to get a better result than what he got, but Sainz was likely to get a better result than, than it. and in the end, Leclerc got the penalty anyway. He got the speeding in the pit lane penalty five seconds, didn't he? So yeah. So Leclerc, well, Leclerc had a yeah. miserable afternoon. His radio wasn't working all day. His drink system wasn't working. He had a slow pit stop because a wheel gun broke, and he got a penalty for pit lane speeding. And then, for good measure. When it came to the final round of pit stops, Leclerc was behind signs, but they gave Leclerc first pit stop, which allowed him to undercut his way back in front. So Leclerc got to finish ahead of signs. It's just like you finish seventh and eighth. You're always finishing seventh and eighth. Why why make it why convolute it so much? So much strange decision making still. And the drivers just seem more and more just annoyed every week. Like the mask is slipping more and more. Yeah, well, you, you hear him on the radio, like you know, he yeah. has signs talking about strategy decisions, race in, race out at the moment, talking about strategy, strategizing himself. You used to hear Alonso doing it at, at Ferrari. Yeah, um, you've heard Leclerc doing it. You've heard Leclerc actually getting really, really cheesed off with with his engineers on the radio, and the engineers having to sort of calm him down, and essentially yeah. tell him to shut up. <laughs> so, like, can you blame them? You can't. I don't think you can blame. Them. I think it's it's a that team is just an ab, strategically is just in an absolute mess at the moment, and they have been for a long time. And then I don't understand why they're not fixing it. They don't even seem to mm. realize. They don't recognize that that's the issue. Everyone from the outside even can see, and like a, it's just the same old problems repeating themselves again and again at that team. Because like know, Ferrari don't want to admit that everybody else is right. It, yeah. it is the Ferrari way, like we do things our way. And I do think there's just an element of, what is it, like bravado or whatever, like just well, maybe, false, like how, false pretense or something. How long can that last, though? Like you can't run... When, 70 when years is, if you're Ferrari, when, mate. When, <laughs> when, when the car is on fire, you don't get out and check the tyre pressures, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Ferrari would. <laughs> I mean, like, I know Fred Vasseur has said, like, it's change is still being made, and I think he's still making hires and stuff. And maybe it's just, it's such a, Ferrari as a whole is such a cumbersome machine these days. Like, mm-hmm. he can't make the changes he wants to fast enough. Like, it's hopefully possible. it's that, and he's just not making the right change. I don't know. I don't know. But they seem to be able to put a good car together. Like they've got yeah. a fast car on qualifying. Qualifying, it's got a very quick car. Usually, it's the obviously it munches its tires and it's not very good on on race in race trim. But still, they've had some reasonable results this season. The thing that isn't changing is the strategy. They continuously yeah. fail. It's procedural stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's all procedural. I think that you know, last season they they could have been in the mix way, way, way longer if they'd not kept 
cocking up these strategies. Fair enough, you know, Leclerc didn't have the best season. Signs had a shocker at the beginning of the season last year. But still, like, uh, I think a lot of these issues that they've that they've been experiencing over the last couple of years have been there's been just as many procedural strategic howlers yeah. that that should ne- that you just don't see other teams having those um mistakes or maybe maybe we don't notice it because those teams aren't ferrari I, but i think there's an element of other teams definitely do it they just don't do it so consistently like mm-hmm. i feel like there's there's fewer races where ferrari get it right than there is where they get it wrong whereas every other team is the flip like it certainly it's sounds like, like it two two or three races over the course of a season red bull might get something slightly wrong strategy wise or mercedes might or mclaren might whereas it feels like two or three times a season ferrari get the strategy bang on <laughs> and everyone's like ferrari have smashed this like I've done it in their back it, it just yeah it just feels like well i mean it was what three or four races ago i'm trying to think the specifics but i remember like having the conversation of ferrari got strategy right for once and it was like four so four or so races ago and yeah. it was like seven races into the season or whatever we were at the time it just <laughs> it just goes to show how how little that actually happens really does um Right. Quick we question, ra- yeah. We we should yeah. rattle through the rest of these because we've been <laughs> on for a long time already. Yeah, very quickly, Aston Martin. Uh, this track should have suited them better, but they were still totally behind McLaren, Mercedes, and Ferrari. I think they maybe still have some upgrades, but it's sort of starting to feel like we've maybe seen the best of them this season already, unless they have like something big planned upgrade wise. But as far as I'm aware, they don't. Um, Not that I'm aware of. No, I thought Aston Martin were sorry. Yeah, Aston Martin were kind of more or less done with their upgrades for this season. Maybe the they're already got, kind of I think, looking, looking towards next the year future. already, which might be smart in their position. I don't know. Yeah, I read today that Red Bull are in the same situation. Red Bull are basically because of their um, testing restrictions and their CFD restrictions and all that. They they're now going to focus entirely on next season. But I mean, why not? They're, yeah, they've got this season wrapped up already. So yeah, you know, do you not- see these sort of interesting loopholes? Maybe the wrong word, but the interesting way they have been able to develop a lot of stuff on the Red Bull despite their limited wind tunnel time. Oh, it's a cooling thing, isn't it? Yeah, parts that are specifically for cooling, you can do wind tunnel and CFD stuff on outside of the regulations, but there's a limit to what data you can collect. And because a lot of the upgrades they've done have been around the cooling system, although they haven't been able to literally have them in doing aero testing, there's still an amount of testing they can still gleam data from. So they've kind of focus their developments in those kind of places which is very smart yeah and, i mean if that's completely where, within the rules if, yeah, if it's within the rules then yeah it's smart if, if if people have failed if other teams have failed to do it the same way then you know read the rule book harder and, and be more creative yeah. about the way you yeah. interpret the rules i mean I if that is something as well I'm, i am surprised that other teams haven't already taken advantage of it yeah if if they haven't well, the fact that no one's done a protest probably means that... Yeah, exactly. They're, yeah, they're kind of aware of it, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, next one. Next, Alfa Romeo. Um, as we already mentioned, I think, um, amazing qualifying for them. Joe, the fastest Ferrari power driver on the grid. 
um, amazing job to get fifth on the grid. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy was like on cloud nine after that. It was so <laughs> good to see. Um, and then Bottas up in seventh as well. Um, unfortunately, it all fell apart immediately <laughs> on Sunday. Um, they reckon Joe's car went into some kind of fail-safe mode off the grid. They said they still don't really understand exactly what happened to it, but the car mm. kind of just went into like protect itself mode, which is why he just didn't move at the start. What, and then um, went into the back of someone? The driving into the back of Ricardo was not to do with the I think car. that was that all was, I think that was all Joe. <laughs> that was very much on him, yes. Yeah. Um but yeah, struggle for race pace and I've also finished outside the points. But um I mean you're gonna struggle for race, race pace once you've shunted your front end. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um speaking of that incident, Alpine were the real losers oh. of it. Um both of them caught up in that incident pretty much through no fault of their own. Um second double retirement for them in a row i went and had a look because i thought it's been a while since they've been in the points in the last five races i've only scored six points as a team um mclaren have extended the gap to 40 points ahead of them now Um, that is rough really rough times at alpine and we were people were saying what a great car they had during testing i know remember those days seem a long time ago now don't they yeah to be fair even friday this weekend they were up there in free practice one it actually looked like they might have a bit of pace and then come qualifying it was just gone mm. i guess maybe the tire situation caught them out but regardless um let's talk about alpha terry which i think is the team that most people were paying attention to this weekend yeah. for the first time ever the, you know and before we get into this i'm going to say straight away last week we predicted where um ricardo was gonna finish do you remember i do remember do you remember what you said? I feel like we both said a few places outside the points. I can't remember specifically yeah. where we said. I said 13th. It felt about right. I feel like I went yeah. one either side. I mean, yeah. yeah, you were one either. I think you were either 12th or 14th. Yeah. yeah. So we were, we were more or less on the money there. I'm pleased about that. Um, yeah, Ricardo going to Q2. But... <laughs> <laughs> going to Q2 in his um, first qualifying back. Um, I mean, it shows how close qualifying was that he was only a hundredth a set of ahead of Sonoda, and that was the difference between getting into Q2 and not. Um, it is worth noting that the team brought some upgrades. I had a new front wing and nose, which they reckon was worth a tenth, tenth and a half. Um, but Sonoda damaged the only one he had in practice one. So Sonoda was actually running the rest of the weekend with the old spec front wing, which... You know, you have to take into account with the times between the two drivers, but also he broke his new wing and Ricardo didn't. So there's also uh, stuff to there's be gleaned from that. that. Yeah. Um, Ricardo then obviously got driven into turn one. Pretty minor damage he picked up, but it dropped him to last. Um, got stuck behind Sergeant for the whole first stint. Um, went through the first pit stop phase and basically was stuck in the same place after he switched to hards. And then he only did 11 laps on hard and Ricardo himself made the call to pit again, basically saying, I'm going to be much better in clean air on mediums than I am just being stuck here um, behind someone on hards that I can't pass. He also could see that Verstappen and the leaders were coming through to lap him, which obviously getting laps always cost you time. Yeah. So he made the call, switched to mediums. He took those mediums 40 laps to the end and the way he balanced pace with keeping those tires going was actually 
very impressive. Um, yeah. It was a really, really good stint. He jumped Sonoda, Hulkenberg, and Joe in the pit stops and then passed Magnussen on track. And he was actually sort of catching um, who finished ahead of him. He was like Bottas and Albon. He was catching them towards yeah. the end, um, 13th, as we say, in the end. Pretty good first drive back, I would say. Yeah, I think there's an argument for what an experienced head behind the wheel yeah. can achieve there as well. Just, you know, the experience to make that call of, look, give me the other tyre, I can make it last in clean air. I will. Effectively, it's a very long-winded undercut, <laughs> isn't it? Like, But yeah. that is what it is. Um, make the pace in clean air so that when everybody else pits, you, you essentially jump them. Um, I think that it shows that his mind's still 100% like where it needs to be for the, for the strategic side of things. And I think having someone like that behind the wheel for Alpha Tyree will help make a difference because that experience can, can go to making the difference between 17th yeah. and 13th in this kind of scenario. And all that takes is for it to be for a couple of positions more or whatever. And suddenly you're talking points, which is few and far between for them. It feels at the minute. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. Could make a big yeah. difference. Um yeah, not much to add to that. Very, very, very good performance from Ricardo. Um vindication, I think, for everyone mm-hmm. at Red Bull who was involved in that decision. Um Yeah, I think I, so. I don't imagine uh, as much as as harsh as it was getting rid of DeVries, I don't see DeVries having the same result this weekend. I just I just can't see it. If you think of most of the alternative drivers that could be in that seat, like the way he made that call himself and managed that last stint, I don't think a lot of yeah. the options would have done that. So Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, um, mighty, mighty performance from Ricardo. Um, Bodes well. He can, hopefully he can keep it up and get himself Bodes in that red well. bull seat next year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last couple of teams really quickly. Williams, this track wasn't supposed to suit their car at all. They didn't get any points, but still looks better than expected, I would say. Albon finished just outside the points in 11th. Um, Respectable. Yeah. Yeah. For a brief moment, he thought he was 10th, bless him. <laughs> it was a, it was, he's been interviewed in the press pen afterwards, and he said, like, yeah, to finish 10th is, is really good for us. And someone corrected him, went 11th, and he went, well, 11th, at least finished ahead <laughs> of the, the likes of Haas and so-and-so, who also weren't scoring points. But poor kid. Um, <laughs> Speaking of Haas, it was the same story as every race. Hulkenberg qualified really well, and so then well. they went backwards. Yeah, because that's all they ever do is go backwards. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's cool. it. That's all the things. That's it. That's everyone. That's all the teams. Uh, driver of the day, folks. Who are we having? It's a um, one. I think there's a few good drives in. There. I think Ricardo is <clears throat> a good drive. I think Russell's a good drive. I think Norris is a very good drive. Um, those are my three picks i would say right now to choose from i think norris is the standout for me i mean i was always picking norris i'm sat here in a mclaren shirt i know you've already i've already i've already made my (laughs) so norris gets the popular vote you know i think in honorable mention to george russell i think getting the you know starting in 18th and moving forward the way he did yeah to finish sixth is a hell of a performance. I will refer you, though, back to previous comments of having a good drive to just correct a poor qualifying is not necessarily the driver of the day worthy. <laughs> of course you're talking about the Perez comments that were made. Just um, saying. <laughs> but the, different, the difference there is Perez is in 
by far and away the fastest car on the grid. I, I agree there. I agree there. <laughs> so yeah, that's that'll it be was, my defense for that one. It was more banter satire yeah. kind well, of comment. Well don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, move of the day. Were there many? Was there were there any? <laughs> were there any? <laughs> there was who went anything around the outside of turn two sort of there was a what was that? There was Norris round the outside of Hamilton. Yeah. At two. And Leclerc um, did stroll in yeah. the same way as well. There was a nice battle of Perez and Piastri between between basically the entry to one and then all the way down to Ooh, three. Yeah, the battle that was the, the one. Oh, no. battle was good. Who left the nose in on that was Piastri. Perez? That was... No, that was Russell, wasn't it? Where they almost oh, came together Russell. at the apex at three. There was there was two yeah. scenarios yes. basically. There was a Piastri one where Piastri got pushed a little wide and kicked up some dirt, uh, and then the team were like, "Did he leave you enough room?" And Piastri was just <laughs> like, "Well, I suppose he pushed me a little <laughs> bit." Like the team were pushing for a review, yeah, and yeah. Piastri just didn't care, uh, which I found quite funny. Um, but yeah, there yeah, was the there was there was a, there was the a few good one. battles through that sector of track basically. So the, any the of Russell those. The Russell one, they were interlocked wheels, the Russell one. They were yeah, pretty much, yeah. Amazing yeah. so, that didn't end up in a massive I'm going to say, I'm going to give that one to, obviously we'll give it to Perez because he made the move stick. So Perez on Russell, Russell. In, um, in in circumstances that were not made. You know, Russell, Russell doesn't lie down. Russell doesn't yeah. just let people by, especially Red Bulls, it seems. So, yeah. Um, I can go see. with that one. You want to see battles. You want to see people yeah. just not rolling over. You want to see people trying to defend moves, and that's what we got. So yeah, I'm, I'm one just of the most decent bits of the race. Go on. I'm I'm just pleased that I managed to think of like at least three for content. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> After um, that race, honourable mention as well to Piastri at the start for just like watching everyone battling into turn one, and then just going, I'll just I'll just nip up the I inside. Just, I'll just nip yeah, I'll just have the inside yeah. line, guys. You, yeah. you guys go off there, yeah. So I'll, I'll just be taking second place here, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I actually really enjoyed in the um, in the cool down room when they were all like watching the replays. Um, I think it was Max was like, "Watch, watch Piastri." There he goes, <laughs> like Ray. <laughs> okay, WTF moment. I'm struggling for anything that was really truly made me WTF. I think this week, which is surprising. Oh. It's just popped up in the Discord. It has yeah, to be up I was there. Gonna, I was Norris smash it. it. Yeah, Norris smashing the first place trophy. Actually, well, you know, I didn't strictly actually do that. What happened was he hit his off. champagne bottle on the on the podium, and then the impact of it hitting the podium made the trophy jump up in the air and then fall onto the ground and break into Can many I pieces. Modify that one ever so slightly. Yep. Go on. The WTF for me is that they've been using those Vars trophies for decades, and it's a miracle this is the first time that's even happened. <laughs> yeah, like the shenanigans is. on the podiums, how that's not happened before <laughs> now. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll take that. that yeah. be, that's, a, that's a great WTF. Break it, breaking that somehow. Yeah. I think Ferrari not let, if we want to do like a serious racing-y one, Ferrari not letting signs through is just... What a bizarre yeah. decision! Like they, yeah. it just seemed like such an obvious, obvious move for them, and they just didn't make it. So, yeah, yeah that was just ridiculous. But um, we dwelled on uh, that already. Yeah, <laughs> let's not let's not get bogged down in who didn't let who buy. Um, let's move on to predictions. Yes, results, right. Predictions, results, uh, and then we'll make some predictions for next week. I will rattle through this so we can get on to Spa. Yeah. Um, okay, this week we didn't do too bad between us. Um, 
I got two points, although I had the benefit of predicting like at the end of the week because I wasn't here during the recording. So Cheat. make of that what you will. Still only got two points. Uh, <laughs> Chris, you got the one, and Stu, you got the two. You know, Stuart, for ages, I, I were on for four. For I know. Ages I, bet, ages. Yeah, I bet you were livid when uh, Sergeant parked it with like a lap and a half to go. Yeah. But it's what it is, I'm afraid. Uh, in, t- in terms of overall, it wasn't that brilliant a week, probably because most people weren't expecting the poll and some of the other results that came this way. But nine people overall scored um, three points, which was the highest score for this week. Uh, a lot of different combinations too, with like some people actually going for Hamilton on pole, some people getting Norris's random position right and all sorts of different combos. So feel free to take a look if um, if you're kind of, one of those people with three points and, and take a look at what was there. Um, overall, it leaves James Hunt and Benjamin Claxton tied at the top on 25 points each. And then there's a whole group of people very close behind on 24. So again, feel free to get on the website and take a look if you want to see exactly where you are. Uh, quick mention for Grid Rival. Um, Effortless Lee was both our winner this week uh, on 1,088 points and maintains the lead overall with 11,255 points. And then, Chris, did I hear you chuckling in the background? What are you chuckling at yes, there? Yes, you did. What are you oh, chuckling God. at? Oh, God. It's another great username. Guess whose username it is, though? Oh, who is it? So, in the official F1 fantasy, this week's top scorer... I need a klaxon. It's me. Oh, is it? Oh, is it? <laughs> I actually won something. <laughs> With the awesome team name, it hurts when I piastri. 305 <laughs> points. I actually Great. did it. Did it, guys. Well um, but the overall leader definitely remains the Spinquisition, and they're on 3,336 points. If you want to get involved with any of that, head to backofthegrid.com. Join the Predictions League. Get involved. If you ever get five out of five, a perfect weekend, you will win a prize. There's also links on there to Grid Rival to join that league and the official F1 Fantasy to join that league. Storylines for Spa. Just quickly. Oh, that yeah. That reminds me of a of something I'm going to shamelessly steal from another podcast I listen to called The Besties. If you like video games, it's The Besties. It's really good. Um, if you are listening and you like the podcast, feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service of your choice with an amusing punny name. And we will uh, read out your amusing punny name and thank you on the show. Yeah. Very good. Why not? Okay. But now we can do Belgium. Storylines going in. Should we do a quick storyline each maybe? Yeah, that's a good idea. A thing Um, you're looking out for this race. Okay. I am looking out this race for Aston Martin. I want to see how Aston Martin are going to go because they've been a bit off, off this last couple of races. They've not been really that they've had a bit of a lull performance wise and um this circuit maybe i feel like might be a little bit more play to their strengths so i want to see a battle between i'd love to see a battle between norris and alonso i think that'd be a while oh yes i'm here for that please next one um i am going to say williams um not the entire circuit at spa but a lot of elements of the circuit should suit a you know the low drag high speed corner type car that Williams have got so I think Albon could nick some points this weekend nice and I'm gonna stick with the old faithful McLaren (laughs) because as I alluded to earlier I think this is another circuit that is going to suit them massively with this new car and with how close Norris was in qualifying uh, in Hungary, I, I really want to see him like challenging for the front row again and P3 
Piastri for a rookie is absolutely smashing it. So he really is. I can genuinely see the two of them causing someone like Perez, who should in theory be second place, a heap of trouble and mm-hmm. looking at potentially sneaking like a double podium. I'd, you know, sneak it fiver somewhere on Piastri getting a podium. <laughs> nice. Um, and one last one, actually, before we before we move on to make some actual predictions. Um, Alfa Romeo have got a, got some green on their car this week, which is yeah. worth looking out for. It looks quite interesting, actually. I actually like quite like it. Green bright. flames, nonetheless. Yeah. Not just green, bright, but green flames. Bright neon green looking stuff going on. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. So keep an eye out for that. And now oh, and lest we forget, it's uh, sprint weekend as well, isn't it? Yes, it, it is. is. Everyone's favourite F1 format. It's a spring weekend. So, with all that said, let's finally make some predictions. We don't have much time left, so let's go, go, go. Who wants to go first for fastest? Is anyone gonna go? Is anyone not gonna go double Verstappen? Let's let's start with that as an opening. Let's gambit. get this done quickly. I'm yeah, double, yeah, double Verstappen. If if you guys do it, I have to do it as well because. Um, we don't. You could go different. You could go down a different road. And this is points. the first season we've ever done where I'm currently on to win between the three of us predictions league. So I am not taking any risks for the rest of the season. Okay. Okay. I'm still somewhere in the middle, and I'm going to go with what I went with last week, which is a Norris pole and a Verstappen win. Norris has it. come pretty close here in the past. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. A, that's not a bad shout. It's good circuit for him, and the car's doing well, and he's on form. So I'm, I'm just. Going with it like I did last week. Um, let's jump to first DNF. Chris, any candidates for this one? Alpine are having a miserable time. Who was it this time? Was it Gasly first? Gasly was officially the first. I'll go for Ocon time, yeah. this time then. Okay. Stu, any movement on that? Um, it's Obviously, there's a reason why Alpine are having these sort of bad results. It's because they're in the thick of it. They're right in the middle of the field. They're much more prone to having these kinds of issues when they're in starting these positions. So... Yeah. Um, Alpine's a good shout. Who else is in the thick of it? Probably Alfa Romeo, I would say, are kind of in the thick mm-hmm. of it at the moment. So let's go Guan Yu Zhou. Okay, that's annoying because that's who I was going to go with. <laughs> uh, do I just double down and say, yeah, I'm just going to stick with it. I, I was also going to say Zhou, so there's why still, not? There's plenty of variation in our predictions this week so far, Tom, so why not? True. There's, there's the fastest. <laughs> yeah, number of finishes. Um, I'm going to go with 16 here. Any uh, any advances on that, gentlemen? 17 for me, please. And Chris? I'm going to go bigger and say 18. Okay. And then please draw us this week's random driver, Chris. Um, this week's random driver is... Drum roll, because my tab's not. There we go. <laughs> it is... Nico... Ulkenberg. Okay. This is a difficult Ooh. one because he is constantly traveling backwards after good qualities. Ooh. I'll just let someone... the race is going to be 17th on the road. No, maybe wow. 16th. Six. Give me 16th. I'll go 16th. 16th. Okay. Um, Chris, any anything on that? Um... That feels about right. How many finishes did I say? 18. I'm going to say 16 as well, actually. Okay. And I'm going to go one slightly better because I've only got 16 finishes and I think he'll be one of them. So I'm going 15th because uh, I think 
if the last two cards are both Hassas, he's ahead of Magnuson. It's just how I feel right now. If you want to get involved, I've already said it, head to backofthegrid.com. You know the drill. Five out of five, prize. Inbox? Inbox. Keep me saying now. Stay, stay out. Box, box, box. Uh, so first one this week from Darth Kilowog says, Aloha, Aloha. Um, why does it seem like Ferrari never considered science might catch Leclerc on the soft and had no plan for team orders when he did? Isn't that exact scenario your best case and what you plan for? It's exactly. It's, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that is a good angle on it as well. Like it's, the, the the inaction is obviously bad, but yeah, it just comes across as like, oh, science is behind a clone. Now what are we like what are we now gonna what? do? Yeah. 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 Oh, we can't let him through. Like the whole point of him starting on softs was so he can make some progress after a bad qualifying. So Yeah. Now he's yeah. he's now made all the progress that we want him to make. We don't yeah, want to make any that's further enough progress. progress. That's enough progress for yeah. today. Mental, absolutely mental. Next one. Infuriating. Next one from Griff. Uh, if Hamilton doesn't lose all those positions at the start, is he on the podium or do the McLarens gobble him up early race and he finishes in fourth anyway? Seems like they once again have the second fastest Mercedes-powered car having leapfrogged Aston but lost out to the McLarens. Mm. Very difficult one. I think it's more to do with vehicle dynamics than um, anything else, obviously. I think it, it was just so bad on that hard tire that I yeah think maybe maybe if they'd not run the hard tire then but then if they use the soft they would have just chewed it up i don't know i don't know it's hard to say yeah i mean obviously if he'd held the lead verstappen was obviously going to pass him yeah sooner or later anyway maybe just not go on i think norris probably did have the pace to get by him i um, think so too and I think Perez probably did as well. Yeah, I think fourth probably was Hamilton's place there. I think he, yeah. he maybe had the pace to beat Piastri, depending on strategy. But yeah, fourth was probably about right, I think. I have nothing any more constructive to add to that. I'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on next to the next one. one. Uh, Stephen H says, Hello, in order to help us lay people properly develop conspiracy theories, <laughs> if a team wanted to cheat or at least bend the rules significantly, any idea how many people in the team would have to be aware of it? Just a few people, or would it be so obvious internally that there'd be no chance of keeping that secret forever? For instance, if Ferrari's engine a few years ago was intentionally illegal, which is referring to the, the whole the oil burning, burning scenario, yeah. I'm assuming, if. Um, if it was intentional, um, and if that's what was happening, <laughs> would it be possible that only a couple of the Ferrari bosses actually ever knew about it? And relatedly, do the employees sign NDAs uh, for when they leave? Yeah, absolutely, definitely. They all sign humongous, terrifying NDAs when yeah. they leave. When, yeah. And when they, well, in fact, not even when they leave, when they sign up, they sign the ultimate NDA. That yeah, you the, these 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 teams have very watertight contracts for their employees, and ev- everything that happens within a team especially in development is a trade secret. Like none of that is ever leaving that building unless it's in your mind and you go to another team and you can say, well, in my previous experience, we used to do things this way, but you'd never say even then, but you, I mean, you would, 
inside the company, I guess internally, it's almost an it becomes an NDA within an MDA <laughs> because no one's going to tell the outside world where you got that information from once you've got it. So, yeah, yeah, it's a secretive world, and uh, this is the Formula One world, and yeah, they're all very very careful about sort of how they go about things and it's all watertight and it's all sealed so the only way i think you'd ever get like certain bits of information now is it probably when people are on their deathbed (laughs) (laughs) you know imagine like you're breathing your last breath and you say ferrari knew about the oil burning thing (laughs) (laughs) and then you just just drift off into into the the abyss (laughs) It seems like a far cry from the days of the email scandals at McLaren and Ferrari, doesn't it? I bet bet after that happened, everyone was like, we do not email anything ever again. (laughs) I remember Chris and I once went to a presentation at uni by an engineer at at McLaren and his parting comment to to the lecture was don't trust anything that's written in an email. (laughs) (laughs) It's fair. It's fair. (laughs) Uh, Shall we do the next one? Yeah. Uh, Yes. Uh, This one's from Benson. Um, There's some uh, foreign language text here. I tried to translate it and Google Translate didn't like it. But I'm going to guess it says something along the lines of, hey, man. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) konnichiwa, maybe. But um, anyway, uh, can Benson asks, can you see the proposed engine equalization actually happening or is this just rumor so this is related to chris has put some notes in here related to yeah i can i can give you a quick primer if you want go on ahead you guys have seen go. i've seen very vague things but i'm not seeing there's there's a talk that um so there's a meeting of the f1 commission next week um and there's talk that the topic of engine equalization has been added to the agenda for that um it sounds like Alpine have been voicing concerns about the current engine freeze, which is in place till 2025. And the FIA have done some analysis and the Renault engines 20 or 30 horsepower down. So potentially there is um, some talk of uh, opening up the engine freeze a little bit to allow some equalization. So um, teams with lesser engines are not stuck with them for the next couple of seasons. Two years. Uh, it's, it's, look, this is something that's happened before in the past. It wouldn't shock me if it happened again. I think, look, if one team is suffering and they really are suffering, then I don't really have a problem with it. I think as no. long as everyone's given a given an opportunity to develop within that remit, though, then then you know that's that's it. Shouldn't be that anyone's has power taken away from them. But I guess giving a team the opportunity to, since they're the only team that run that engine give them the opportunity to at least get parity, I think is fair. But then at the same time, it kind of takes the the point of developing the best engine away, doesn't it? But I suppose a good compromise could be we'll let you develop your engine up to a certain point, but it will come out of your cost cap. Yeah, that's possible. You know, rather than just giving them a free pass because they didn't do as good a job a few years ago before the engine yeah. freeze, like, you know, I think there's argument for that. Yeah. And if, if teams feel that that is genuinely like the weakest part of, well, if manufacturer teams feel it's genuinely the weakest part of the car, then they could develop into that. But 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's interesting that I, I I also saw that Red Bull support this, so they must yeah. feel like their engine isn't quite up to the same standard as maybe the Ferrari or the <laughs> Mercedes, but I, I'm not sure I believe that. Yeah, I don't think I do either. Or I maybe think... it's just a false, a, a false <laughs> perception that they're like, yeah, we support this, guys. You you go, you go to deal with this. Like we we've already got aero on lock. Like we we don't care what you do with your engine. I mean. <laughs> They know that they're at a point of diminishing returns anyway. It's a phrase we use a lot here, but I think they realize that engine parity is very close as it is. And the teams that aren't quite on that level yet getting to it is not going to make enough of a difference to destroy the chances of a team that's got like a really good aero set up, like what McLaren appear to now have for a lot of circuits, what Red Bull have had all season, what Mercedes are working towards. Like, do you know what I mean? There's only so much that that extra 20 or 30 horsepower is going to do. And if you've got a draggy car in the first place, it's not going to make that much difference. So I can I can totally see why Red Bull would be, go ahead, guys, like <laughs> get that extra 20 horsepower because it ain't going to make enough of a difference. Well, this is it. This is the worth it. And as well, like these engines, we're not, these are not sort of, you know, rally car, four or 500 horsepower engines. These are, we're talking quadruple figures. Of, yeah, yeah. of engine power here you know these are thousand one thousand two hundred potentially horsepower in in full qualifying mode so 20 or 30 horsepower out of that is yeah a very 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 small yeah. difference i so, think that's another factor as well 100 yeah, I, I don't think it's going to make much difference to the order but you know if they're having i mean there could be reliability things like that 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 factor in as well but um, yeah yeah I don't, I don't see it making that much of a difference no Famous last words. <laughs> yeah. Alpine I mean, win the championship because yeah. they've got a mighty engine. Uh, do you know what? I'd be more than happy to be completely wrong about what we've just said there. Like, <laughs> that's what I expect. But to be completely wrong about it, I'd be absolutely delighted because it would mean that there's a shake-up in the order. Yep. And um, that, I feel like, is a good place to leave it for this week. So you can um, please hit the subscribe button. Um, if you if you've got this far, you must like us. So please hit the subscribe <laughs> button. It's uh, it'd be a real honour and a privilege for us to be in your subscriber list. Um, you can find us on all of the social media areas, including the new Threads, and now on X, which apparently is what as of today <laughs> Twitter is called, which is gross. Yeah, but apparently that's the thing. Um, where else are we? You can join the Predictions League, and as always, it's a always a good idea to join the predictions because if you get five out of five you will win a prize and yeah become a patron if you really really like us join the patron and then that'll get you a ticket into the discord where you can interact with us live and listen to all the technical issues we have at the start of shows to sort out and that's it for this week so on that note i'll say goodbye so see you guys bye everyone bye Never catering.